Welcome to this Sunday's message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. Excellent. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thank you, hosting team. And um, thank you, John and Sarah and the whole team that serve in the feast. Just awesome. Just so great to hear that report. I was just saying to Kieran, as he was singing that song, I'm a good, good father, um, sometimes I do ask, when I think I've done something particularly well as a dad, I do insist my children sing that song to me, just to let you know, it's a little Partridge family secret there. Um, but they refuse to do the, you're perfect in all of your ways line, they just don't do that. So it's great to see you at church, welcome, welcome online if you're joining us, connecting that way. I'm Jim, and um, my joy to be able to speak today. Before I get into my message, I just need to introduce to you a friend of mine um, who, um, you, some of you will know that a couple of times I've visited Brazil to serve some churches and, and build connections with some churches in Brazil. Last time was literally just before um, COVID kind of lockdown hit. I uh, flew back into Brazil the weekend we went into lockdown as a country and um, have had incredible times in Brazil. And that's all come around through a link of an amazing guy who's becoming one of my best friends um, called Danny, who is here with his family today. Danny, I want people to see your face. Come on forward a minute. Come on. Can we welcome Danny? So um, Danny um, is based, lives with his family, Giovanna, the girls, in Crawley. How long have you been in the UK? Seven years in Crawley since we came from... Glasgow, as you can see my accent. <laughs> Brazil, the most beautiful accent in the whole West. Sussex. My family's there, Giovanna and the girls, the twins, Clara and Manuela. And um, you found our Crawley Community Church, which is part of the New Ground family churches that we're part of. We connected, and then, hey, friendships born of us some fun in Brazil, yeah? Yes. Uh, we, twice we twice, went there yeah. in Brazil. We are part of the leadership team in Crawley Community Church, and I'm so glad and happy to be here, guys, because many times when I come to this church. It's never Sunday morning. Finally, we are here on Sunday morning. I just want to thank you guys. are so welcoming. And the host team there, everybody was so nice with us. And uh, we feel at home and a family. Good to be here. Yeah. So guys, listen, Danny um, is not going to just be a friend of mine. He's going to become a friend of our church. I believe that. Um, so there's incredible opportunities. Danny's going back actually in August with you guys for a few weeks building more relationships with the guys that we're working with over there. Actually, there are some churches that we are formally welcoming in as part of the New Ground family of churches in Brazil that I know well. So get to know this lovely face, because I'm hoping you'll see much more of him. So, Danny, thank you very much. Give him a round of applause. Thank you, guys. Bless you, guys. A few seconds for photos. <laughs> thank you. What's also exciting, I hadn't known this was happening, but we also got friends, Stephen, Anna, and family from South Africa, and Embanisi and Tash from Nairobi in Kenya. So can we welcome these guys here today? It's awesome that you're here. Welcome. Um, just so you know, this time next week, I will be um, preaching in Kambakia Christian Center in Meru in Kenya. Um, a team of us are flying out on Friday, six of us, see Kenya trustees, for a week of meetings and development, um, trying to take forward the Sea Kenya work. Haven't been able to go to Kenya since before COVID, start of 2020. So I would value your prayers as we fly out um, Friday afternoon. So next Sunday we'll be at Kambakia. So God bless. 
um, you for your prayers for us. I really do ask you for that, for your prayers. We've got loads of really important things that we need to try and achieve next week. So, yeah, value that very, very much. Okay, let's open our Bibles, shall we, um, to 1 Corinthians again. Um, we're continuing our Everyday Supernatural series, looking at the whole subjects at the moment of spiritual gifts in the church today. Last week, I kind of did an overview about spiritual gifts. Today, I want to zoom in a little bit on um, one of the particular gifts that we read about um, in 1 Corinthians 12. Um, maybe, maybe it's the most misunderstood or, or um, kind of frowned upon gift of them all, the gift of speaking in tongues we're going to be speaking about today. Um, for many, this might seem like the weirdest, most far-fetched of all the spiritual gifts. Maybe you're a Christian here and you've wrestled with this idea of speaking in tongues. Should I speak in tongues? Do all Christians speak in tongues? If I don't speak in tongues, is there something wrong with me? Does that make me a second-class citizen, a kind of Christian, if I don't speak in tongues? And what, how do you start speaking in tongues? Maybe there are some of your questions. Um, maybe you wouldn't call yourself a Christian. You're here today or you're watching online and you've heard this thing. You've heard Christians speak in tongues and you're like, what on earth is that all about? I mean, let's be honest, it can sound sometimes like someone is ordering food from an Italian restaurant. Lasagna, 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 ravioli, peroni, 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 tagliatelle, lasagna. Like, is that, is that what you're doing, Christians, when you're speaking out in tongues? What is this whole phenomena all about? What is the gift of tongues? What is it and who is it for? How might it strengthen us? How might it build up Jesus' church? That's kind of what we're looking at today. Let me start with a bit of a definition. Speaking in tongues is a gift given by the Holy Spirit to a Christian, which enables them to pray and worship in a language unknown to themselves in order to edify themselves and others. Let me read that again. The gift of tongues is a gift given by the Holy Spirit to a Christian, which enables them to pray and worship in a language unknown to themselves in order to edify themselves and others. And in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 10, Paul lists speaking in different kinds of tongues as one of the spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit wants to give for the common good. Note he says there's different kinds of tongues. And actually this morning I'm going to go through quite logically through the Bible where we see the gift of tongues being used and actually in slightly different ways. And then we'll see what that means for us together at the end. So um, actually let's go to Acts chapter 2. Let's start there, Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the first followers of Jesus. William Kay spoke superbly on Pentecost Sunday a couple of weeks ago, didn't he? It's William here. Why don't we show our appreciation for William again? He's loving the embarrassment. I can see that there at the back. It's brilliant to hear from William. And in Acts 2, the first followers of Jesus were gathered. And we read this, verse 4. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews, from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed. They asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? 
So here we have first followers of Jesus. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. They're now speaking in other languages, other tongues, as the Holy Spirit enables them. Ordinary men and women, fishermen and tax collectors, unschooled and untrained, they're now suddenly speaking out in languages in a way that other people from other nations can hear. So much was going on that people actually stopped and said, what is going on here? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. The first followers of Jesus are declaring the praise of God and the wonders of God in languages that they did not know, but the Spirit enabled them to speak. I mean, this is remarkable. This is incredible. Something supernatural is going on in Jerusalem this day in an incredible way. These first followers of Jesus declaring praise, not in their own language, but in another way. To which this whole crowd stopped and said, what must we do? And Peter preached a sermon about Christ, and 3,000 were added in to the kingdom of God, gave their life to Jesus on that very day. So here, tongues, this gift of tongues is used in such a way that it's incredibly missional, actually. It's evangelistic. It reaches out to the people in the city. It gives them a reason to say, what's happening here? And Peter preaches, and thousands become Christians. It's incredible when we hear stories of people praying out in tongues, not realizing they're speaking in another language that can be understood. It still happens today. I was chatting to Steve this week. He was reminding me of a story here at King's a few years ago. One of our life groups. There's a group of people just worshiping, praying together, and a lady starts praying out in tongues. And there's another lady there who's from Zimbabwe. He says, hang on a second, you're praying words of praise in Shona, the national language of Zimbabwe. And this lady had no idea that she was doing that. She thought she was praying out in tongues, but actually she was bringing words that could be understood in Shona, Zimbabwean language. Steve was saying, you can't believe how encouraged that lady from Zimbabwe was to know God is here. I can hear in my own language praise to him. It happens today. I read this story, you may have read this if you've read the book, Everyday Supernatural, from Mike Pitavacci, one of the summer Soul Survivor festivals. A few years ago, we were in an evening meeting at Soul Survivor, and we prayed for people to receive the gift of tongues. Every year, we get visitors from different countries, and this year, there happened to be a youth group from Romania. The youth leader from this group didn't believe in the gift of tongues. So as we invited the Holy Spirit, he got up and began to walk out of the tent. As people were beginning to pray, the rest of us in the big top began to speak out praise to God, either in English or in tongues. I happened to be praying over the microphone in tongues, and I noticed it seemed a little different to me. I even wondered if I was subconsciously trying to make it sound better, as so many people could hear me. Afterwards, a couple of young people from the Romanian group ran up to me and said that as I'd started speaking, their youth leader had stopped in his tracks. He had been stunned because he recognized the language I was speaking in. Apparently, it was ancient Romanian. According to him, I was reciting an 11th century Romanian poem called The Prayer for Protection. To add to that, he knew this poem because the words of the poem had been tattooed onto his father's back. That youth leader now believes in the gift of tongues. (laughs) And that's an astonishing story. There are moments where God, through the Holy Spirit, supernaturally 
enables people to speak in tongues in a way that other people can hear in their own language, just like in Acts 2, still happening today. Remarkable. There's one example of how we see the gift of tongues being used in Scripture. But then in 1 Corinthians 12 through to 14, we see another kind of example of how the gift of tongues is being used. It would appear in this context that the Corinthian church was speaking in tongues, spiritual gift of tongues, um, but here they were speaking words that nobody could understand and that needed an interpretation. So they weren't speaking words that could be heard in another language. They were speaking out words in tongues that needed explanation and interpretation. And Paul actually had to bring some correction to them. We mentioned this last week because their meetings were a bit disorderly and a bit chaotic. In 1 Corinthians 14, I think it's verse 6, Paul says, Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction? Um, go down to verse um, 9. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how would anyone know what you're saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I'm a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. So it is with you. Since you're eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. So here Paul has given instruction to a church whose meetings were a bit chaotic. Lots of people speaking out in tongues, no one bringing interpretation, no one bringing any explanation, and Paul is basically saying, look, how is that helping anyone? How, how is that actually going to build up the church if you can't actually understand what is happening, what is being said? He loves the fact that the Corinthians are eager for spiritual gifts, but he wants them to be used in such a way that the church is built up that people are built up. And praying out in tongues without an interpretation in the public setting, like maybe this morning, isn't going to build anyone up because who will know what's being said? There needs to be an interpretation. Another one of the gifts that we read about in 1 Corinthians 12. Remember, this is why Paul's writing to the church. He's responding to news that he's heard and questions that have been raised about what's happening in their corporate services using spiritual gifts, and he's trying to bring some direction and instruction. And in, in fact, he says this, verse 18 to 19. He says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church, I'd rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Now, he's not saying tongues are wrong. What he's saying is you've really got to know the context, and you've really got to ensure that how tongues are used are doing what spiritual gifts should do, which is for the common good to build up the church. So actually, they need to be explained. They need to be clear. When you're gathered, it matters what people know what's being said. And actually, this leads Paul to give some really, really practical advice to the church in Corinth. He says, everything must be done, um, verse 26, so that the church may be built up. And if anyone speaks in the tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time. Someone must interpret. If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet and speak to himself and to God. There must be an interpretation so that the people know what is being said. And his emphasis here is clear. He actually talks in this passage a lot about the way that prophecy builds up the church 
and how tongues needs to be explained, and he encourages prophecy. At the end of the chapter, he says, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. So he says, tongues are good, but just be, you know, they need some care. We need to steward them well. Because he's talking about what happens when the church gathers together. And his main concern is this. Paul's main concern is this. Do people understand? Do fellow believers understand what's going on? Do those on the fringe of church life understand what's going on? Uh, do those who don't normally go to church understand what's going on when your church is gathered all the time he has one eye on how what we do together in our worship services connect with those who don't normally go to church. It's important. It really, really matters. So he's not saying don't speak in tongues publicly. He's saying think it through, make sure it's explained, interpreted, bring an interpretation so people know what's happening. So two different occasions there. Pentecost. The first followers of Jesus speaking out in tongues and people hear in their own language. And we've heard stories of how that happens even today. Another situation in the church in Corinth, people are speaking in tongues, but they need to have an interpretation so people know what's being said and the heart of that. There's one more kind of occasion or situation I want to talk about, about how I see gifts being, the gift of tongues being used in, in New Testament church life. And that's when the gift of tongues is given for our own personal edification, relationship with Jesus, growth in God. The word edification means building up. So the gift of tongues can be given to build us up in our relationship with Jesus. And hey, by default, when, when we're built up, the church of Jesus Christ is built up. Okay? So the gift of tongues is given us to help us to pray and help us to worship Help us to grow in our relationship with Jesus. And again, we see evidence of this in the Bible. Keep coming back to what the Bible says. When, when Peter went to um, Cornelius' house, who was a Gentile soldier, um, he went there through a whole range of supernatural, miraculous events, but he's in this house of Cornelius, uh, and he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to Cornelius and his household. And it says that while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit came on everyone that was in the house. And Peter and his friends, we read, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So here we have a situation where the natural overflow of Cornelius and his household, of their adoration and worship for God, was declaration and speaking out the wonders of God in tongues. This new relationship with Jesus resulted in that happening. And as we look through Paul's own story, we see it's very evident that he prayed in tongues. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4, he, he actually says, Anyone who speaks in a tongue is edifying themselves, building themselves up, strengthening their own relationship with the Lord. So if you speak in tongues, you are edifying, building yourself up. In the very next verse, 1 Corinthians 5, 14, 5, he says he would like every one of them in Corinth to speak in tongues. He knew that this gift would be good for them. Clearly, he saw a value in it in his own devotional life, and he saw a value in it for them as well, to enjoy it for themselves. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 18, Paul says, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. So clearly, this was a regular part of his devotional life with Jesus. Church, this, this gift, the gift of tongues, it helps us to pray when we don't quite know what to pray. 
Anyone ever been in a situation where you know you need to pray, but you can't quite find the words to pray? Anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah. There's moments where we want to worship and our words run out because human language is limited. There are times when we're struggling to express the things that are deep down in our hearts. You know those moments you can't quite express it. You want to say something to the Lord, you don't know how. When William preached a couple of weeks ago, he mentioned um, Paul Yongi Cho, who, uh, yeah, pastor of one of the largest churches in the world in South Korea. Paul Yongi Cho once said this, sometimes I feel a burden of prayer, yet I may not know exactly what I should pray for, or I may not have exactly the words to express what I feel. This is the time when I enter my spiritual language and can pierce through my natural inability to articulate to God what I'm feeling. That's how the gift of tongues builds us up. It helps us. The Spirit helps us to pray when we don't know how to pray. When we don't know how to articulate what's on our heart. Now, I'm going to ask Dominique to come and share a bit of her story of um, this. So, yeah. Can you please welcome Dominique? That would be amazing. Good morning, lovely people. It's good to see you. Um, So Jim has asked me to share a part of my story, but before I do, I just wanted to kind of give you a bit of a background um, a little bit before I do that. So um, after three years of meeting a Christian girl at college um, at the age of 19, I realized that the God that I hoped was there, the God that I desired to be there was my Heavenly Father did exist and that he did love me. And at the age of 19, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Um, And this was just amazing. So 19 had this revelation. And then I began my walk with God. Um, Would love to talk to him. Would love to try and seek his will for my life. Um, Asking his help in loads of different situations. Um, Realizing that how I did life maybe wasn't the best sometimes. And trying to discern his will for my life. Um, So I'm just going to get to where Jim um, would like me to share. So... um, One evening, as a young Christian, something had happened in my day that had really upset me, and I went to bed that night, and I was crying, and I was praying, and um, just really asking God to try and process the the pain and the disappointment of what had happened in the day. Um, I wasn't the only one in the house, so I was was trying to cry quietly and pray and whisper quietly. Um, But like Jim was saying, the, the emotion that I felt uh, was like frustration and pain and just when you're praying and you don't really know what to pray so I'm speaking out and then what happened was what I was speaking out in English changed this other language this kind of heavenly language this had never happened to me before um, but what it what it brought in me was this relief this like release of oh, I'm able to communicate now what is going on in my spirit with you heavenly father and it felt safe and it felt Um, yeah just really releasing and just a real blessing for me Um, oh I'm I'm shaking my my hand's shaking I guess it's because this is a really personal thing for me like a really personal thing in my life Um, but the thing that is amazing for me is that I didn't actually know what was happening 
So, but I knew it was good, and I knew it was God. So afterwards, I thought, I need to find out what happened. So I looked in the Bible. As a new Christian, I hadn't read the Bible a lot. I'd never heard of speaking in tongues. So I looked in the Bible and found that in 1 Corinthians 14.2, it says, For anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them, and they utter the mysteries of the Spirit. So this, for me, is a part of my story with Jesus, that... This experience happened to me, but I didn't know. It wasn't like someone had told me, oh, you know, try and pray in tongues. And of course, that would be true for some of you guys. I'm not criticizing that. But for me, it was this amazing, precious thing that God loved me so much that he cared, cares for me so much that he connected with me in that way. And I guess I just want to encourage you. Um, like Jim says, it is a thing of mystery. You know, it's almost, it's strange and bizarre but this is a part of my story, and it's a very precious gift. So I continue to speak in tongues now. I sometimes find myself waking up speaking in tongues and going to sleep speaking in tongues. And it's like this amazing connection that I have with my Heavenly Father. And I, guess I just want to encourage you, all of us are trying to figure it out, aren't we? All of us are in this journey with God. And I just want to encourage you to be brave and to ask God to meet with you. He longs to connect with you in a very deep and personal way. Um, so yeah, my prayer for you guys is wherever you are on your journey that you, you would allow God to soften you and to allow him to speak his love and encouragement in your life. Amazing. So the gift of tongues edifies us, builds us up. The gift of tongues enables us to sometimes articulate things way that our own language doesn't allow, deep cries of the heart. I think sometimes as well, the gift of tongues, when we want to see breakthrough in a situation, there's great power in praying in tongues. Jackie um, Pudinger, some of you will know that name, um, pioneered incredibly radical work amongst addicts and, and gangs in Hong Kong um, since the 60s, just incredible work. She once wrote this, by the clock I prayed 15 minutes a day in the language of the Spirit, and I still felt nothing as I asked the Spirit to help me intercede for those he wanted to reach. After about six weeks of this, I began to lead people to Jesus without trying. Gangsters fell to their knees, sobbing in the streets. Women were healed. Heroin addicts were miraculously set free, and I knew it was nothing to do with me. I was so inspired by reading this. I mean, it's not formulaic. I'm not saying if you pray for six weeks, exactly the same thing's going to happen to you. But Jackie's testimony is something shifted when I began regularly and consistently praying in tongues. Something changed, and God was doing something in me and through me. And I was inspired by this, and I realized I used to actually personally, in my own walk with Jesus, pray in tongues quite a lot, and I kind of have stopped. And I don't know why, just life or whatever. And I read that, and I really felt provoked. Man, I need, to, I need to recover it a little bit. Just the regular habit. I set myself a target of praying for 10 to 15 minutes every day in tongues. I'm not doing it every day. You know what I mean? I'm not there yet. But just a sense of, no, I want to try and recover a sense of personal devotion, speaking to God through the gift of tongues. So you've heard all of this. How tongues I see used in different ways in the New Testament, in languages people can understand, in languages that need an interpretation, but also as a way for our own personal lives and edification and relationship with Jesus. So how, how do we respond? Let's um, maybe start by tackling the elephant in the room, the big question. 
Do you have to be um, speaking tongues to be a proper Christian? No. No. It's not based on your efforts, okay? It's based on Christ alone, faith in Christ alone. And 1 Corinthians 12, 30, if you look at it, clearly indicates to us that Paul did not believe that every Christian has the gift of tongues. In 1 Corinthians 12, 30, God gives different gifts to different people. Okay, let's be clear on that. So we must be careful that we don't like develop a, a mindset that seems to rank Christians according to gifts. The Premier League Christians, you know, they are speaking in tongues, but the you know, Mid-Sussex Unijet Saturday League Division 7 Christians, they don't, there's, no, there's no ranking in hierarchy when it comes to the gifts. The Holy Spirit distributes gifts to each one. There's not a hierarchy, and, and some people here have felt that there is, because you haven't spoken in tongues, and others have, and it's made you feel a second-class Christian. And I want to break that lie off you today in the name of Jesus. We're all one in Christ. Different gifts to different people. There's no hierarchy. But Paul does seem to think it's something good to eagerly desire. He does seem to think that it would be good if the Corinthians were all able to speak in tongues as he does. That's what he says. I'd like every one of you to speak in tongues Maybe you're a little bit skeptical of it all. It's understandable. You're listening to me and you're like, really? Is this really today? Is this for today? I'd simply make the same appeal to you as I made last Sunday. Please start with what the Bible says. Please don't start with your own thoughts or your own experiences. Turn to the pages of Scripture. Now, I'm not advocating today some kind of naive gullibility that we just do something because someone says so. Uh, but also, I'm not advocating for a, a kind of a rational skepticism, which is so prevalent in our culture, where anything outside of our frame of reference we kick into touch as nonsense. I'm clearly asking you to... Look at what the Bible says. Look at what I've tried to teach through today. See what the Scripture says. This is our starting place. So start there. Do the work of looking yourself. Maybe you're a bit fearful today. What might happen if you ask for the gift of tongues? Would you suddenly be taken over by the Holy Spirit in the middle of Tesco's? Uh, shouting intelligible words while getting your caster sugar from the baking aisle. Kind of like, what is it? What's going to happen? Like uncertain and a bit fearful of what might happen. No, the Spirit enables us to speak in tongues. It's not like the Spirit takes over and there's got no control of that. Someone said it this way. Um, it's not an act of divine ventriloquism, but an act of divine collaboration between us and the Holy Spirit. We speak in tongues as the Spirit enables us. Maybe you're unsure. You're wondering, where do I start? I mean, how, where, what do I even do? What's the first thing? Well, I think, again, let's look at what the Bible says. Firstly, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Start with the heart thing, saying, Father, if these gifts are good, which they are, because all the Father's gifts are good, then I want to desire gifts of the Spirit. So we ask, we seek, we knock on the door. Let's believe this is a good gift that will benefit us and benefit our church. 
But there are times in the Bible where it seems to be that actually it's helpful when someone prays with us to receive the gift. We see that in Acts chapter 19. Paul goes to Ephesus. There's a handful of believers there. It says Paul laid hands on them and prayed with them and the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were able to speak in tongues. So there's power when we can pray with one another. That's why we um, really value those moments as a church. We can do that. We can pray with one another. And maybe in a few minutes, we'll have an opportunity. If you're here thinking, actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm open to whatever good gift the Spirit wants to give in my life. I'm asking, maybe even today, for the gift of tongues. We'll pray with one another. That happens. We see in the Bible, which is a good thing to do. Then I would say this, step out in faith. You may feel very self-conscious to begin off with, maybe even a little foolish as you start. The Spirit does not take over your voice box. No, start singing out words of praise. Start speaking out words of adoration. Ask the Holy Spirit to enable you. That's what we see in the Bible. My own experience is that um, with tongues, my own journey, like any language, I guess, tongues develops and grows the more you use it. So um, when you're an infant, you have a few words. Dada, mama, iPad, (laughs) chocolate, whatever it is. As you grow up, you become more confident. Because you use language more. I think there is some truth in that with spiritual gifts. We start like infants, but the more we use the gift, we grow in maturity. We grow in faith. And, and I would encourage you in that as well to trust the Holy Spirit as you ask him for the gifts that he has for you. So I'd encourage you to be convinced of what the Bible says. Be convinced that the gift of tongues is a good gift from a good father that it edifies us, it builds us up, and therefore it will build up the church. Maybe ask someone to pray today for this gift. Maybe in life group this week, ask someone to pray with you, and then start stepping out in faith. I do believe some have been hurt because of this whole subject in church life. I believe some, maybe some keen person somewhere has said something that actually was not helpful about the gift of tongues, made you feel like a second-class Christian, made you feel like somehow inferior to others who have it. I'll really pray for healing for you today for that. It's not the heart of God. He loves you. He has good gifts for you. There's no hierarchy in the kingdom. I'll pray for healing for you today. I wonder, why don't we stand to our feet? Is worship team, is that okay? Thanks for listening to this message from the King's Church, Mid-Sussex. To connect with us online, visit tkc.org.uk. We hope you'll join us again soon.